So I have, can you hear me? Is that good? Okay. All right. So I have a confession to share with y'all this morning. I really do not like making my bed in the morning. Maybe some of y'all can relate. As a kid, I did make my bed with strong encouragement to do so from my mother. But in my young adult years, I used this quote as justification for not needing to make my bed. I had a postcard of this image and hung it up in my dorm room so people would know why I didn't feel like making my bed. The postcard says, why should I tidy my room when the world's in such a mess? As I grew older, I adapted this philosophy of having a messy room a bit by stating life is messy, the world is messy, and sometimes messy is where the magic happens. The next two images I want to share with you today are images of my cross-stitching. Do any of you cross-stitch or embroider here, weave? Yeah, yeah, raise your hand, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, so I enjoy cross-stitching because it is calming. It allows me to also stab inanimate objects with needles. <laughs> Good for your frustration. And reliably, at the end of a project, I have created something beautiful that I can enjoy for years. But look at this next image. This is the back of my project. Creating something beautiful is only done when we embrace the messiness. In fact, to complete a cross-stitch project, you must embrace the messy side along with the beautiful side, unless you're a really good cross-stitcher, because I know you all are out there and you can do the back beautiful too. Anyway, you'll have to talk to me about how to do that. Um, yes, you can cover up the messy side with felt or any other backing, but that mess still happened and still informs the process of creating something beautiful. And I believe this to be a metaphor for how progress can be made in our messy world. So courage is a characteristic that is important when we think about embracing the messiness or imperfection. In our lives, when things get messy, we must remember to have the courage to admit fault, the courage to forgive, and the courage to speak our truth. There are also problems in our society that are messy and complex, and that take courage and commitment to tackle. For example, it takes courage to dive into hard topics like how to dismantle dysfunctional systems of policing that have been so harmful, especially to those with marginalized identities. It takes courage to completely divest from fossil fuels, and it is messy to think about the UU Association doing this and losing money in the process. It takes courage to acknowledge the significance of the Manhattan Project while also recognizing that this project had awful and lasting consequences for some people on the other side of the planet and even some people here in our local communities. 
These are messy and hard topics. These are topics that do take a lot of courage to engage in. Can we engage in these hard topics and find solutions? I think we definitely can. It will take a lot of work and commitment, and this is messy work, and the answers are not always clear. Yet, we must have the courage to embrace the messiness because messiness can lead us to creating something better, something beautiful together. Some of you might be thinking right now, well, why do I have to embrace messiness in order to create something beautiful with others in our community? A very clear scenario and quick answer pops into my head when I ask this question of myself. Creation of something new or birthing something new is always messy. The creation of our universe has been messy and loud from the very start. If we imagine for a moment with what the Big Bang would have been like, we can imagine an explosion that was probably pretty messy and loud. As we all know, babies come into this world super messy and are usually loud and crying. When we dismantle systems that have done harm and rebuild from scratch, the process is likely to be super messy, loud, and unfortunately filled with conflict which is always messy. But we know that by having the courage to embrace all of this mess, beauty can be the end result. A baby will grow and learn. A beautiful universe will be created from an explosive mess. A community of intentional care for all can be created. Beauty can be achieved through the mess of it all. And our UU faith also calls us to embrace this messiness. Universalism, from its very basic tenets, asks us to believe that every single human being is worthy of redemption or a second chance. How messy is that? Kind of messy. Will every single human being embrace that redemption to do better and be better? Unfortunately, we know this is not the case. Yet every single human being is worthy of redemption if they so choose. Even the worst of the worst can be embraced by universalism. They too can be forgiven and are worthy of love and compassion. This is a hard pill to swallow when we think about those with whom we disagree with. Yet our universalist faith calls us to believe that through our messiness, we are able to receive universal redemption. Each one of us has a seed of good within us, and it is our task to seek ways to cultivate that seed. We know that our faith has failed people of marginalized identities in the past and still does today. Our work is to acknowledge this messy reality and continue to break down the walls of privilege that have kept people out. We must do better and we can do better 
because that is indeed the good news of universalism. So what it comes down to is this. We must be willing to embrace the messiness in all aspects of our lives because we're imperfect beings. We are messy beings. We are beautifully flawed in many ways, yet, unfortunately, our society pressures us to be perfect and capitalizes on our perceived imperfections as weakness. So Kenneth Jones, Tema Okun, and many others in academia have outlined the tenets of white supremacy culture there. One of these tenets is perfectionism. White supremacy culture is the idea or ideology that white people and their ideas and thoughts and beliefs and actions of white people are superior to those of people of color and their ideas, thoughts, beliefs, and actions. This white supremacy culture has been and still is reproduced by the institutions of our society, a society founded on institutional racism. I could go into all the ways that this institutional racism is still upheld today, and many of us know how that uh, works in our institutions, but that's another sermon. So luckily, Kenneth Jones, Tema Okun, and others have come up with a list of antidotes to the tenets of white supremacy culture. So here are the antidotes to perfectionism that we as a community can work on together in our UU circles, our community groups, in our workplaces, in our schools, and in our governing systems. So develop a culture of appreciation, develop a culture of learning, create an environment where people can recognize that messy mistakes sometimes lead to positive results. Separate the person from the mistake. And when offering feedback, always speak to the things that went well before offering criticism. And ask people to offer specific suggestions for how not to do things differently when offering criticism how to do things differently. That's misspelled, sorry. <laughs> when things get messy, these are some of the antidotes we can be thinking about together. So as your director of Lifespan Religious Education, I think about this a lot when it comes to working with our kids. Kids can be messy and loud, and in this messiness and loudness, there is beauty. Here at our intention table, there is so much beauty and creativity. It might be loud some days, and kids might wander up on stage other days, and that is the beauty of being in community with people of all ages. And parents, you might think about the messiness of being a parent every day, or if you have been a parent, yes. Being a parent is not about perfectionism, right? Right, right, right? Here's some, see some head nods? And I'm sure I don't have to say that twice to y'all. On a larger scale, when we think about dismantling systems of oppression in our world, we can expect mistakes to be made and for this process to be messy. Justice work is messy, imperfect, and long-term. There are not always easy answers or solutions. Sometimes we have to be patient while sitting in the mess of it all. We have to hold on to hope that we are working towards 
building up a future that we cannot see clearly yet. So if you agree with me that embracing the messiness is a good idea and an important thing to do, the next logical question is how? How do we enter into this messiness together? Well, we experi fail or experience succeed. This is a phrase that my colleagues and I came up with as we continue to support one another as ministry professionals. It makes us chuckle, but in reality has a lot of utility. We ask each other, how did you experi fail this month? What did you learn from it? What went well? What went not so well? Did you experience succeed? As many of you all know, the whole scientific process is grounded in experience failing and then sometimes experience succeeding. I would argue that both yield useful data. During my work as a chaplain in a hospital, we also did a lot of expira failing when it came to helping patients and their family members. We as chaplain residents engaged in a reflection process called the Praxis Model. Action, reflection, action. This model was introduced by Paulo Freire, a Brazilian educator and philosopher. Freire was famous for writing the book, The Pedagogy of the Oppressed, and for Freire, praxis is not just doing something, but doing something with a critical awareness of why and how you are doing it. Praxis involves questioning, analyzing, and challenging the assumptions, values, and norms that shape your reality, and then taking action to transform it. Praxis is not a one-time event, but a continuous cycle of reflection and action that leads to deeper understanding and learning. So I personally experienced failed a lot during chaplaincy work, and how we engaged in this praxis model was to write things called verbatims. These verbatims were literally what the patient and or the family members said in our visit and what we said in our response. We copied, quote, verbatim what was said in the room during that patient visit. We wrote this out and then did our own analysis on the verbatim from a theological, psychological, social, cultural, and pastoral perspectives. These were then presented with our supervisor and the other chaplain residents for critique. I remember clearly one time I experi-failed as a chaplain with a patient's mother who was in the room. This mother was explaining to me all the poop in her life that was hitting the fan, and now her daughter was also here in the hospital. This mother then said to me, but I know God won't give me more than I can handle. I shook my head and agreed with her. This was before I made the transition from being Presbyterian to UU. I might have shook my head in agreement because I didn't know how to make her feelings of overwhelm go away, 
Or maybe I had a meeting I needed to get to and needed to leave the room quickly. I can't really recall what exactly I, what exactly I was thinking. Then, when I wrote my verbatim, I theologically reflected on this visit using the story from the Bible, Noah's Ark, with the rainbow and the flood. I concluded that there was always hope and that God would never give us more than we can handle. When I presented this to my supervisor, he said my theological reflection was crap (laughs) and asked the question, what if God gives us more than we can handle? I may have failed that day and possibly was unable to help the mother of the patient in the room the best way I could. However, I found that the data that this fail yielded is very useful. I learned to question my assumptions about my theological beliefs and learned that sitting in the mess and the overwhelm and uncomfortable pain of it all is sometimes the best thing we can do. I think about this when I think about helping folks with depression. Sometimes all we can do is sit with that person in pain. When have you failed? Maybe, you can think about it. When have you experienced succeeded? What did you learn? And what beauty has come out of the process? So back in 2013, at the prompting of one of my chaplain resident colleagues, I stumbled into a UU church in Knoxville, Tennessee, where I was living and working. I was looking for a church home, and my colleague said to me, you should try the UUs. They are a little weird, but you might like them. When I stumbled into the UU church that Sunday, I read the principles, saw the rainbows, heard the service on migrant justice and immigration reform, and knew I had found my people. I knew I had found people that hopefully would embrace my own messiness. I make mistakes all the time, Yet, I am committed to working through the messiness of mistakes in order to truly build an inclusive, beloved community for all here in our church and beyond our walls. So yes, we UUs are all very different and maybe a little weird, yet that is what makes our community beautiful. We are beautifully weird and messy people And we must have the courage and commitment to embrace this messiness together. The good news of our universalist faith is that all of us are worthy of redemption and all-you-can-eat second chances. So I would now like to end with an invitation for you all to embrace some messiness with a group weaving project after the service ends. So you can see that this woven tapestry is messy, yet beautiful. And I would love for us here in this community to have a visual representation of the messy, beloved community we are committed to building together. So hopefully this tapestry can remind us of the work we are doing here in community with one another, within ourselves, 
and outside of our walls in our wider communities. So you start to participate in this, just meet me in the foyer. I'll give you all some instructions after the service. And let us all remember to have the courage and commitment to embrace the messiness wherever it may be in our lives because it is in the mess where there is beauty. May it be so. Amen. <laughs>